When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, I'm Lydia. Hi, I'm Jesse. And I'm Adam. And let's talk Hoya. Hey guys. So <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Uh, huh? Lydia dancing through the theme song. I know it gets you every time. <laughs> it really does because <laughs> the guitar kicks in and she's just doing the air guitar over here. Uh, uh. But hey, guys! So I know we're still in this like getting to know each other phase, and we thought it'd be kind of fun to talk about how we take care of our hoya because we're all very different and <laughs> how or, that happens, yes. or how we don't. <laughs> <laughs> how we don't take care of our hoya. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, mm. But I feel like when, <laughs> but I feel like when we, well, when I first started getting into Hoya, my care is so different <laughs> from then to now. And I feel like now I'm very comfortable with how I'm caring for my Hoya, how they're growing and what I'm doing for them. So I think it'll be fun to kind of talk about it. Yeah. For sure. We've also learned a lot from each other as we've like gotten similar plants yes yes we have the most is from adam who literally gets 300 leaves a day from all of his hoya well i mean that is true <laughs> <laughs> he's not even gonna try to uh, deny that <laughs> uh, but when i first started with um hoya i thought soil was the way to go because i mean aeroids right and i would just put them in like chunky soil and it didn't work <laughs> and when i first started everyone swore hoya were like super like succulents so i was like oh succulents love soil and the sun so let's just throw them in soil and put them in the sun <laughs> not a good idea guys <laughs> not a good idea maybe not in arizona <laughs> yeah see that's that's funny because I had some Hoya in soil, like my huge Carnosa, but that's a very well-established plant. Um, but when I got my first overseas order of Hoya is when I switched to Passive Hydro. Like, mm. Oh my gosh. I remember when I first heard about Leka, and then it was just this huge rabbit hole and I was supposed to be working, but instead of working, <laughs> I turned on YouTube and I just took in all the information. And then there was one weekend, Jesse and I found out about a hydro store that was in, what was it, Tucson or Flagstaff? Flagstaff. It was in Flagstaff. Oh my gosh. Went there, we literally bought the 
biggest bag of Lekka. I mean, it's the like hydroton, yeah, like the huge, yeah, like it's yeah. the size of like a twenty-five pound bag of dog food. <laughs> And mm-hmm. we each got one. And I remember I spent that entire weekend, I mean, from sun up to sundown, and I converted my entire collection. <laughs> wow. Okay, but that store when was also- you go also, hard, you go yeah. hard. Oh, yeah. That's really, yeah. <laughs> that store was also really cool because they had like plants like growing everywhere, even in the ceiling. And they had a lot of plants that we'd never seen in person before too, and we swore. And then- as we were on our way down from Flagstaff, I Googled and there was a hydroponics store here. In yeah, I go to Sea of Green. Yeah, and I was like, great. I love that we just drove two and a half hours <laughs> there, two and a half hours back. But it was a beautiful drive. And we had fun, Yeah, you know. Because that was a trip, though, that we met um, Juniper Nods. Mm, yes. Okay. And um, so, <laughs> okay, off topic. So we had posted on our stories that we had made it to Flagstaff and Sarah was you know, we were following each other at the time. And um, I think we even asked her for recommendations. Yeah, and then on nurseries. She was like, well, I'm not too far from where you are. Just come over to my house. <laughs> and this is us to like egging each other on. Let's go do it. Let's go do it. And then at one point when we started leaving like the city to drive, because her place, she where she lived in Flagstaff, it was so beautiful. She had views. But it was like on this little dirt road out in the middle of a mountain. And I was like, Lydia, maybe we should tell someone where we're going in case we get murdered. You know, because I love Sarah. We still talk to her today. Um, We're actually hoping to go see her in August. Anyway, we're driving there and I'm like, we should tell someone where we're going in case we get murdered. Thankfully, we did not get murdered. We met Sarah. She showed us her plants and gave us cuttings that day, right? Yeah. But wasn't it? We were, um, what was it? We were saying, like you were texting your family or something. And then you said, oh, we're going to go see um, this person. They asked like, oh, do you know her? And then you were like, no. And then one of your sisters was like, you're going to a stranger's house. And then that's when it finally clicked that we really didn't know this person and we were just gonna walk straight into their house because they said they had plans yeah. and it reminds me of the meme that says this is how i get murdered and it's a van and it says free plants yeah <laughs> that literally was our logic it's we don't know her but she likes plants yeah. so it's yeah. fine good people yeah <laughs> hopefully but but she had um i'm pretty sure she had a hoya obovada and that was before I had a obovada, and that was the point that I knew I really want a hoya obovada. Mm-hmm. And it still took a little while from that point for me to like really get into hoya, but that was it for me. I was like, ooh, I want one of those. Yeah, see, that's really funny because now that just kind of brought up a memory for me because before I moved to Arizona. I obviously had that big heirloom carnosa that my stepmom brought me, mm-hmm. and. I was involved in a plant, like an online plant swap or like a, not a plant swap, but like a secret Santa. Oh yeah. I've seen those. And, um, our secret planta <laughs> and, uh, the person that I had really wanted an obovada, a Hoya obovada. And I was like, okay, Hoya, whatever. Cause I wasn't into him at that time. Same. You know, it was just, it was tropicals, <laughs> but I was like, well, I'm going to order this obovada off of Etsy. Like I might as well get two of them because the person had enough. Um, and I'll just give it a try. And so I, that obovada I brought with me to Arizona and it did nothing when I was in Illinois, but after keeping it in the back of a U-Haul truck that was like warm, Ooh. by the time I <laughs> unboxed and like put it in Arizona, it was like growing three new leaves. Oh I was like, something gosh. happened in the back of that truck. 
That's when the magic started. That's when I got my magic, yeah. Dang. So I did have that one in soil. I mean, I still have my Carnarvon soil because it's huge. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, there's no converting that one. Um, but when I really started to get into them, that's when I went full hydro. Yeah. Like, obsessive about it from the start, too. And, like, I, and like, I got the Obovada because I really wanted one. And then this is how much of a Hoya noob I was. One time, Jesse and I ordered, um, used to be Croniana, but now it's a Lacanosa Silver. And it was in Cocoa Husk. And I didn't know that was a substrate that people even use because it's not something <laughs> that you see like aeroid users, yeah. you know, aeroid growers and collectors use. Was it the coconut chunk that it was like, like stuck in the middle chunk, of it? Yeah. Like there like was a half hole. of a coconut shell even in here. And oh, the yeah, roots she was were. Being mad about that. And I was just telling Jesse, who does this? Why are these roots? You couldn't get it out. No, you can't. And I was trying to convert it to pass a semi-hydro and put it into LECA and it just wasn't working and it just shocked me that anybody would do that but now I know you know it totally makes sense but then I was just like what is going on here (laughs) yeah oh gosh I think back to like the start of that all like I sent a message to Jackie Jackie's jungle in the desert oh Mm -hmm. yeah I mean I think we were following each other at a time or maybe she didn't follow me and I followed her but in any case, I was like, girl, what's this LECA situation? And is it like, do you recommend it? And now, like, I've since apologized to her since I feel like we're on a good talking relationship. But I've said sorry because people slide into my DMs and they're like, what is LECA? Yeah. And I'm like, just give it a Google. <laughs> like, come on. That uh, was you at one point. But I didn't ask her what it was. I was just asking, like, long term, is it okay? Mm-hmm. That was the thing because when I, I mean, I just went all in. I did all the research and then I just went all in. I converted all of my collection and I didn't even think about, like, long term implication. <laughs> I yeah. just thought, like, oh, this is going to work. But then, you know, once my collection started fiddling out, fiddling fizzling out from aeroids and then I started adding more Hoya I just started seeing that it was really working Mm -hmm. so I kept with it you know and now I mean I still have some plants in LECA um, that La Canosa we were talking about somehow I got it to convert I don't know how (laughs) but there's literally still cocoa husk pieces on the roots yeah definitely but you know what it's doing the most like it Literally, I cut back the entire vine two months ago, and it's already two, three feet long again. Wow. So it's just doing the most. Wow. But now my jam is pawn. Yeah. You, you, did you teach, did Adam <laughs> teach Lydia about pawn? <laughs> did, did you? Did you? Did you? <laughs> um, I heard, I had heard about pawn before, but. I didn't really have a desire to use it because I was like, Leka's fine until I got my first, uh, my friend Steve from the Instagram account. Yeah, I've killed that. (laughs) Um, He gave me like extra lechuza pawn that he had because he was like, I'm never going to use this stuff. So he brought me a bag of it because he was visiting Arizona. And uh, that's when I started using it. I was like, oh, this is great. But I will say Lydia's pawn she has a DIY pawn she makes is much better. I love the bigger granules. And Luchuza pawn is like the ode. Like they are, they are the people who invented pawn. Oh, so wow. this is where it all comes from. But they're always out of stock. 
Oh, yeah. And shipping is also expensive. So people have started making DIY pawn. And I think it works really great. But I'm one of those people, when I hear about people trying these new substrates, I get interested and I want to try it. Like, I just go for it. Um, So Except aqua soil. Oh, well, okay. You were funny, kind of, story. <laughs> funny story. Funny story. Because I don't care to even try that one. Yeah, I want to try it because I'm just interested to see what it does. Like I'm, I'm always eager to just like learn and see what things do. Because mm-hmm. um, I think that's just part of like the growing process. Like for me, like that's what I enjoy doing. I'm the kind of person who won't try anything new unless Lydia comes to my house, does it for me, sets it up, leaves me a three month supply. <laughs> And like messages me constantly like, (laughs) remember, you have to add nutrients. Remember, you have to pH balance. And I'm like, but do I? Do I really? (laughs) And when we first got into it, I was telling Jesse we should do this. It's really great. People are seeing great, you know, positive results. And Jesse is a chronic (laughs) overwater. And I was telling her, like, this is going to be way better for you. And it became... (laughs) ding text message Lydia I'm out of nutrient solution can you come over <laughs> oh. yep she would bring me bottles of premix oh, solution you I just are like, spoiled the moment it's like add three drops add like this I'm like I'm not a freaking scientist like I don't have a degree I can't do this I'm gonna poison myself or somebody so I won't do it except now Lydia's been a little more it's on the it's on the the shop insta it's in the highlights you can do it <laughs> which is good for me because yeah. you know you need that push yeah yeah but so, i know you still use like a lot adam because my plants I whatever i kind of had them in that's i i don't i'm not put i'm no longer putting any more plants in leka but mm-hmm. my established plants i leave them but you still actively use leka yeah and if i need to up up if i need to up pot a hoya that's in leka i usually mm-hmm. just use leka again mm-hmm. um but yeah, um, Leka is hard to keep things stable sometimes. Yeah. And because it is very, I mean, lightweight is in the acronym, but it's very, very light. And sometimes if something's not fully rooted, like once the Hoya is fully rooted, I never have an issue. Like mm-hmm. it's not coming out. It's not doing anything. But before that, if it gets jostled a little bit, you know, sometimes that plant pop out. take a dive. And yeah. <laughs> Peace out. Um, have you done that before? Like oh, a yeah. whole plant goes... Yeah, Steve knocked over my Billy TA. Wow. I just was in the office and I just hear Lekka hitting the ground. <laughs> Dang. You know who loves Lekka? Who? The cats. Ah, uh, yeah. Patches and Hank, do they do love it. Yeah. You know who else loves Lekka? Your mom who steps on the Lekka balls. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what did she, she say? She was like, that's worse than a Lego. <laughs> I was like, okay. Uh-huh. When well, did we ever have Legos? She was like, what are these balls on your floor? Yeah. She gave me a whole lecture <laughs> on she? having like a balls on the floor. And I was like, uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, well, I knew everyone pretty much knows that we're all, all three of us are hydro. Mm-hmm. We kind of use semi-hydro and passive hydro interchangeably. I don't really even think either of them is an official term. Yeah. But I think... I like passive hydro more than semi-hydro. I don't know why. But uh, I still have some in soil. Do you guys have any in soil? Yeah, you have some. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the ones that are established and doing fine in soil, I've left them in soil. 
And I'm just like, you go, girl. But as soon as anything starts looking like it's going downhill, I'm sticking it in pond. Okay. I have, so if it's already, if I receive the plant established in that substrate, then I'll usually leave it. So I have a few things. Like I have a compacta that's pretty well established that I still have in soil. And mm-hmm. I've just kind of figured out my rhythm of keeping it happy. But also, I mean, unsolicited plant talks, April, she used cocoa husks. Oh, yeah. And whenever I get her plants, I don't convert them. I leave them. I'll let them grow out and then I'll take a cutting and then I'll put that cutting into pond. Mm-hmm. But I just leave them in cocoa husk. So I actually have quite a few plants that are in cocoa husk and I just kind of found my rhythm in keeping them happy. Yeah. I mean, you do have to water a bit more, huh? Yeah. It you would out think and, so, and, but I have all of her plants in cocoa husk and I water them just as Really? Not often as my other ones. They do like look like prunes, <laughs> but they bounce back just fine. Yeah. I, I intend to water them more often because of the cocoa husk, but intentions. Yeah. You know, we but all the, have the best of intentions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, I don't own a shop. I don't like, I don't have that pressure to like keep them looking beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing with cocoa husk is. Like I found you have to keep it consistently moist because as soon as it dries out, the husk becomes almost like hydrophobic and it doesn't retain the water. So you have to give it like a few water fills because it just drains right out and you have to make it retain the water again and get to that point of water retention. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, I mean, because they're established, I feel like whatever the Hoya is established in, like I don't want to shock it and change it and do all these drastic things. Like I just leave it find my rhythm with it and then you know once it grows i'll take a cutting and then i'll convert it to whatever i want to as my backup yeah you gotta stop hitting that table girl. <laughs> i'm so sorry is it me? <laughs> i'm just kidding i keep hearing a thing <laughs> like, is, is it me am i the am i the person? is it me um so I guess I just, yeah, I wanted to establish, I'm sure people understand if they, if they know us or follow us on Instagram, that we all are hydro babes. Yeah. And I don't want that to dissuade anyone from listening to this podcast because we do have, we all do have, uh, experience growing in soil. It's yeah. just, I propagate everything in soil when I'm rooting cuttings to sell. Oh, same. And I really enjoy, yeah. And you use like a cocoa perlite Cocoa mix. choir. Yeah. Cocoa choir, perlite and horticultural charcoal. So even though we don't keep them like <laughs> horticultural charcoal. Sorry, she said a lot of big words and I was like, I've never heard you use those words. Uh, but yeah, um, so we all have experience with that. We just don't keep them in there long term, like yeah. in our collection. Actually, now that I think about it, um, I have a whole real row of big baskets. Um, and they're like, it's like a carnosa, a crinkly, a lacunosa, a mini bell and a multiflora. Wow. And those are big baskets. Okay, flex. <laughs> no, I'm just letting you know. They're all in soil, and they have been since I got them. I got those at Mickey Higgerty's, actually. Oh. And I water them like I do my other plants. And they they have been in soil for over two, three years. Yeah. So it is. I do keep a good chunk in soil. Do you now fertilize that I think about them? It. Um, I water them with the nutrient solution that oh, okay. I use for the hydro. So, yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, well... Talking about how we were at the beginning, though, like when I started with hydro in my Hoyas, like I that's the like the thing with my personality, kind of like your Lydia, where I just watch and consume everything and just try to learn, learn, learn. Yeah. So I was pH balancing and I was doing all of this stuff from the beginning. I even actually 
ordered water service because the water in Arizona is so hard, which just sounds so bougie and I apologize. But immediately I was like, yep, I'm going to have water delivery through Costco. It was it was pretty cheap through Costco. Nice. Yeah, but you can, I mean, literally the, what is it? Like the the calcification the or, yeah, from the hard water. <laughs> yeah. The spots. It's really intense though. After literally so one bad. watering, once it dries out, you can see it. It's like a white powdery layer on top of your substrate. That's like, how bad our water is here yeah. though. I call it water sweat because if you see people who work outside and they sweat a lot, they're, they get the white like build up mm-hmm. on their oh, clothes because yeah. you know because sweat's salty sweat sweat is salty <laughs> and that's what the plants look like and so I I, I call it water sweat <laughs> and I mean you can also tell by all of our mirrors it looks like someone's popped zits all over our oh, mirror yeah. <laughs> but it's just because our water spots <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's so bad um so yeah I, I immediately got water service at the beginning and was pH balancing doing all the things. And I've never stopped doing all things. I, there's a few things I've changed. Like I don't use clear cash posts anymore because the algae. Mm, I still use clear cash posts. I love me some clear cash posts. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> she likes those roots. But you weren't fully pH balancing, were you? No, I got kind of lax about it. And I shouldn't have. I did get a bit lax about it because it's just like cumbersome. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, after I started talking to you, I, you know, I mean, I mean, scientifically, if we really talk about it, if you're not pH balancing your water, your plants can't take up the nutrients at a certain pH level. So, you know, they're best taken at that neutral five to six ph i try to aim for 5.5 but it just makes sense like we spend so much money on nutrients nutrient solution i mean i've probably spent hundreds of dollars and if i'm not ph balancing then like why am i even using nutrients yeah <laughs> talking about you're money wasting. <laughs> <laughs> i just went to my financial class today and they were like what are wants and what are needs and i was like <laughs> Oh, that's a, that's a tough one. My plants are needs yeah. <laughs> for my mental health. Anyway. Did you say that out loud in the class? No, I didn't want He had already picked on me because I walked in with Starbucks and he was like, how much do you spend on Starbucks? Oh. And I was like, girl, bro, I work from home. This is my one Starbucks like a month. Chill. You didn't even take a reusable cup to pour oh, it no, into no. to just, no. you know, hide the fact, man. I was running late. Anyway. <laughs> Surprise, surprise. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, I li- I'm reading the outline now and it was like briefly talking about this. We've spent 25 <laughs> minutes talking about what we did when we started. Okay. But also I wanted to mention just very briefly, very briefly, because, you know, you were saying people who don't use passive semi-hydro, people who don't use Leka Pond, um, we still want you to listen because um, – I think it really just is about finding what works for you. Mm-hmm. And that's why we use what we use. We use Pond, we use Lekka because we found that it works for us. And it's not that the other things don't work. And we do still use those things. It's just that this is what works best for us. So yeah. Yeah. Um, just sharing because we've, you know, we've been doing this for what? Someone at one of the most recent swaps that we went to gave me a cutting in fluval stratum. Mm-hmm. And I myself i would have never gone out to buy it and used it but that cutting took off and i was like oh wow maybe i should start using this 
But like I said before, I'm not going to go out and buy it and do it. But I was impressed with how it worked. I was I was glad I got a chance to try it. I still have it. It does look kind of cool. But also, (laughs) like, my cuttings take off in soil. And they also take off in pond. So, like, Mm -hmm. if it ain't broke. Yeah. But there's a reason. (laughs) I mean, for people who want to try Fluval, you definitely can. But there's a reason why it works. It's because it's specifically formulated for aquascaping. And whenever, you know, plants are submerged in water they don't necessarily have a place that they're getting nutrients from and you can't just pour nutrients into this aquarium that has like fish and other life living in it so yeah so then you have this fluval that they've specifically formulated to have all of the perfect nutrients for these plants to thrive so then of course like if we put a cutting of our plants in there like baby girl she gonna go yeah I want to briefly talk about the nutrients we use so from the beginning I've used general hydroponics three-part system um, and then I also add in, I've had it in hydro grow guard, hydro guard, hydro guard. Um, and it's a very small amount for like one gallon. I just use two milliliters cause I've been, I just use a little, uh, syringe, mm-hmm. but I did that because the hydro store, uh, even though they had never really met people growing like house plants in hydro that wasn't like a moving system mm-hmm. they still i was like okay well i'm getting algae because i was using clear cash pose i mean it's inevitable yeah and they suggested i get this stuff but as i read more about HydroGuard, there is like it actually will like eat root rot Oh, it, like, there's like some really good benefit to it it's like it breaks down the rotting stuff into nutrients that the plant can uptake and i was like well maybe that's why my hoya are doing so good because people do ask me what my trick is and it's usually i'm like well i ph balance my water i flush my hoya every time i water and i (laughs) so i don't know what the trick is i really don't okay girl you're only telling me you're a ph balancing using filtered water and you're using the 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 general hydroponics trio i don't know about this i need to add this he's holding i need to buy some i mean i don't want to call you out right now but I'm going to because in the video that I made on YouTube, walking everyone through my mixture of nutrient solution, I use that. <laughs> and she's seen it at your house and has gone, oh, what uh, is this? But oh. I was reading the back of it and it seems like it was more like they gave it to me because like, oh, this will help with your algae problem. But I don't think it has anything to do with algae. <laughs> As I read it, but I'm st- I think it does some good work. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense because you know root rot and things like that happen because of fungal and bacterial issues. And mm-hmm. it says that this stuff um, is an isolated bacterium, so it literally has a percentage of bacillus in here, which I don't really know what that is, but it sounds like a bacteria. So yeah, <laughs> and a good one. Yeah. So yeah, I've been doing that from the beginning. Have you, and you've been also using General Hydroponics. Yeah, right? that was the first one that we ever purchased because all of the, you know, videos that I watch, Facebook group, the Facebook groups that I was in, it was a very popular one, the trio from General Hydroponics. And so mm-hmm. that one's great because it has the um, the base, which is like high nitrogen. And then there's the one that influences better growth for your plants but then also it has um the nutrients for bloom growth too Mm -hmm. which i really wonder if that's what helps you get so many blooms because once i started because i was using it on and off 
I wasn't using it super consistently, um, but now I've been using it 100% consistently for quite some time now. And this year, I've been getting quite a few blooms. Yeah. But quite you, a few. You can't just say that I'm a good plant parent. You'd be like, there has to be a reason he's getting these blooms. <laughs> it's not just because <laughs> the, the nature king, the Hoya no. king. But no, yeah, I think it is. You We've know, seen those blooms on your stories there. Yeah. Little reels. You've been really showing off that plant genitalia. Yeah, over on the green plant. I've been trying. <laughs> but yeah, is that all you use? No, I use, I use. You go back and everything. forth between a lot. Don't yeah, you? because as soon as I hear about another one <laughs> that a lot of people are using, I have to buy it and I have to try it. I just really like experimenting and seeing what works. Yeah. So. Really now what's kind of stuck with me is because I water a lot more frequently than you guys do. Um, we'll get and, to that next, but yeah. we're not on that break yet. <laughs> we're not on that bullet point. <laughs> but, um, uh, but I don't want to always be using that same nutrient solution every single time and possibly like over fertilize. So I do that and then I do also use CalMag. CalMag mm-hmm. is one that I use. Um, I've been recently using something called Pure Crop. So that's not necessarily a nutrient. It's more so like a systemic for pests. Um, but it's supposed to be a safer alternative than using pesticides. So I've been using it. But because of the components within it, it's supposed to help the plant growth. Mm-hmm. and assist it in taking up nutrients a little bit better. So I've also been adding that to my water for root mealy preventative. So that's part of my watering. And I do also use, what do I do? Um, uh, foliage Grow. Yeah, Foliage Pro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jessie's over here being a trooper. She's looking up these <laughs> images and flashing them over to <laughs> I do also use Foliage Pro. So I do a rotation. I don't consistently just use one thing because, I don't know, I feel like maybe it'll help a little bit. But at the same time, my Hoya aren't growing as fast as yours. So maybe I'm doing something (laughs) wrong. (laughs) Yeah. So all of those nutrients that you guys just mentioned, I have those in my house. I've spent money on them. But the only thing that I really use is a Foliage Pro. Mm -hmm. I use that every single time I water with sink water (laughs) love that for my plants (laughs) and the pure crop because i actually had a really big root mealy problem Mm -hmm. surprise surprise (laughs) i have i deal with pests a lot (laughs) root mealies were like getting to me and lydia suggested that as a like to help Mm -hmm. and i really did notice a big difference like there was one obovada that i really liked but it was like covered in root mealies and i was like you're gonna get better or you're gonna go away and yeah. i use the foliage pro for a good month and i'm telling you those root mealies pure crop gone. you mean I, yeah the pure crop <laughs> okay. um i use that and they went away so yeah. that's that's what i use consistently sometimes i spray the miracle grow stuff on on the top like the orchid the leaves. stuff yeah the orchid spray because people swear by it and i went and i bought a whole case oh, so shit. i might as well go through it um i mean shoot <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You're good. We are hot ass mess today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some so I, sometimes I use that miracle grow. And that's about it. Yeah. And I just wanna mention I'm sorry. Uh. <laughs> um 
<laughs> Are you tired? Like you're just extra giggly. I only got two hours of sleep. <laughs> <laughs> little loopy i'm sorry but i just want to mention there are because you know hoyas are unique in that they can take in nutrients to their foliage and so a lot of new hoya people were talking about using the miracle grow um orchid spray yeah and you know you use it as a spray yeah it was like a whole thing people swore by it and they were saying spray the foliage of your hoya with it and it you know is basically foliar nutrient application mm -hmm. but the interesting thing is the reason i stopped buying that was because any nutrient solution that you use can actually be used as a foliar spray you just have to dilute it two times more yeah. so as long as you pro tip yeah pro i mean tip. in foliage pro that you guys both use that can be a foliar yeah foliar Say foliar, foliar, foliar spray. spray. Yeah. yeah. So once I go through all my bottles of Miracle Grow, <laughs> I can just fill them up with yeah foliage pro. <laughs> I completely stopped doing that. I don't, and it was just pure out of pure laziness. I have no reason to. But I will say, Jesse, I think that your attitude to uh, pests it does help me because if I see a pest or have some sort of pest, I like freak out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And maybe you do too internally, but outside you're like cool as a cucumber because I had never heard of root mealies and I had never seen them until like you had them. <laughs> until you came over and you were like, um, girl, you have a problem. Until and I, I came like, over oh, to I help know. you move and I'm like, what's all this white stuff? <laughs> but you're just like, eh, whatever. Um, but you took care of them. Like, I don't think you have issues with root mealies anymore and pure crop. Yeah. Really helped me. Even with though that. it's really difficult to find on the website where it could be used as a drench. Yeah, there's a there's a root zone application and you just have to do a little bit of like searching and like I just like when I before I use something because at this point we've spent a lot of money <laughs> on these plants <laughs> yes, and we, we just want to make sure whatever it is that we're doing is safe and good and a lot of my information I actually find from the Facebook Hoya groups and I feel like last year was the year of root mealies and this year is the year of flat mites. Yeah. <laughs> and every year there's again. just like something. <laughs> yeah. But root mealies is hard because it's at the roots. You can't see them. So really you catch them if you have them in like a clear vessel and then you can really see like what is this white fluffy stuff going mm -hmm. on. And I think that's why a lot of people started noticing it. But if you look on the website, I did some uh, deep digging and there was a lot of people that were recommending, I mean, all sorts of other things, but I try not to use pesticides and that's just because I grow in my home and I have seven dogs and they get into everything, literally. So you can just add it to your nutrient solution. It does make your, you know, pH balance, like you have to pH balance because it makes your water very acidic, but mm -hmm. you can just add it to your water with your nutrient solution, water your plant as a preventative, and it really does help. So I highly recommend. Um, but yeah, I mean, Jesse is always a trooper with, with the pests. Yeah. 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 I'm like, What's the problem today? I got you. <laughs> <laughs> well, not really. I'll be like, Lydia, what is this? What is this weird thing? <laughs> oh. <laughs> and now Adam. <laughs> yeah. I don't mind. But I think that's the thing. Like, pests are, I mean, we're dealing with nature. Yeah. And pests are You're going to happen. Them. Yeah. And we can, I mean, I too am a person that high stresses about pests if I ever see them. But I feel like, you know, like we just have to keep in mind that it's going to happen. But it's something that as long as we're staying on top of it can be like kept under control. So mm -hmm. I think it's just a big thing of just make sure you're staying on top of your pest care. 
And as long as you do, then you won't have like a huge outbreak. Because I think that's when it gets overwhelming. Yeah. Well, and that also led us this year to getting good bugs into our collections. Getting good bugs going into our collection. Um, I feel like we could have so many topic like you can tell that we just all love talking about hoya because it's like we just like all of our outline says brief this brief this and then 40, 40 minutes later we're like okay well maybe we should talk about care but uh i was going through videos today because i got the i kept getting the pop-up of my phone that was like storage full and so i did i went through my videos because i don't tend to delete things like mm-hmm. i and I have been battling the mites since 2020. Wow. The first video is because I got I got my macro lens and I was doing like macro Monday and it was like mm, fun, cute. And then I'm like, what the hell are these orange things all over my gunungading? Yeah. Gunungading. <laughs> and literally they were all over it. Wow. Like they were like, at first it was like, are these miniature aphids? But they weren't. But I think that's the thing that just shocked especially the Hoya community and I'm sure like aeroid community too, but I just don't, I'm not in that world anymore, but like the Hoya community, cause I feel like you can't see it. And I feel like a lot of us were so new. We felt like if we see an issue, then we know we have an issue. Mm-hmm. And if we don't see anything, like everything's fine. But then all of a sudden people were getting, you know, microscopes and my, Micro lenses. Macro. <laughs> Macro lenses. <laughs> and then we started noticing like, oh my gosh, what is this pest and why is it so small and how did we never see it? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I thought it was just wild that like I have been struggling with them for so long. And you know, the weird thing is I think back to like some of the Hoya that I got that had like that scarring on the back mm-hmm. that is now what I feel like is referred to as flat mite damage. Mm-hmm. But everyone's like, oh, that's scarring. Or if it's if it was overwatered, you just had cells blast. But like it's so clearly not that because it's like kind of in paths. I mean, it's so clearly flat mite damage. But like just like existing with those plants and being like, yeah, this is fine. Like, mm-hmm. oh, it's just normal. And then when people would post on Facebook, like, what, why is the back of my Hoya doing this? I was like, oh, it's just normal. And I'm like, <laughs> two years later, we're like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot. And- <laughs> We've all grown so much. And there was just no way to know. And I think that's the great thing about what we're trying to do is just learning more and sharing more information because there's just it's just not possible for us to know everything mm-hmm. and sometimes no. <laughs> i'm just kidding and the episode ends here <laughs> <laughs> and everybody has different experiences and they've seen different things and as we just learn more like there's a lot of value in just sharing that right and so i think i feel like pest management was something i definitely kept up on but I didn't realize there was more effective ways for me to do it. And mm-hmm. now, you know, I very much use predatory bugs and that has been a life changer. Yeah. That has really, really made my life better. So we've been doing it for a few months now and it really takes care of pests. Yeah. Yeah. And we, and I still do the old Lydia style, which was the four parts water to one part alcohol. And every week that I water, everything gets a good spray with alcohol, as long as I haven't um, just applied predatory bugs. And that's really worked for me, too. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was doing at first when I saw the flat mites, Mm because we just no one really knew how to treat them, except for the Swedish people who have been, like, 
in Hoya a lot longer than all, all of us. Yeah. Um, but, and it, I think it did work, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it definitely worked on the adults, but uh, I just wasn't very consistent with it. But now, you know, with the sulfur fungicide treatment, also from the Swedish folks and my mm-hmm. friend Miro, Basie Plants, um, he talked about cumulus, which is like a European sulfur pesticide. So I really enjoy it. I think that that really helped me, but now I'm on the predatory as well. Although, audience, Murder. I got an order of predatory mites on yeah. like July 5th. <laughs> And they are still in the box in my spare bathroom. And I have, I don't have, I still to this day, I don't have the heart to do it. Like, oh, I don't even no. want to open it, but then I also don't want to throw it away because I want to recycle the box. Oh my gosh. Okay. okay. But also calling Lydia out here. Uh, since we're having confession time. <laughs> um, so part of my regimen is using predatory mites, but also using green lacewing larvae because they eat you know, aphids and thrips mm-hmm. and mealybugs and some of the things that, you know, the predatory mites will grab. And I had them shipped and I have everything on a subscription. And somehow <laughs> I had even asked Jesse, you know, do you need any more, you know, lacewing larvae? And I forgot that they shipped. And this was last month in 110, 112 mm-hmm. degree weather. And I checked my mail a week later. And then I realized that they had been delivered a week ago and they had um, <laughs> baked a lovely time in my mailbox. Uh, I know. <laughs> well, That's terrible. No. Hola, hoya friends. So we launched our Patreon, a.k.a. Peduncle Pals. It's been a joy connecting more with all of you, chatting in our Facebook group, and sharing more behind the scenes through our exclusive Patreon episodes every month. We're blown away by your support, and we're so grateful for every one of you that is joining us on this club. You can subscribe through our Patreon link through our Instagram bio, episode descriptions, or show notes. See you there. Looking to elevate your gardening game this season? Well, look no further than Coast of Maine, your go-to source for premium organic soils for over 28 years. Organic approved and sourced from oceans and farms, their full range of garden and lawn products are designed to restore roots to the natural world. So picture this. You're struggling with lackluster soil, just like I did last year, and your garden plans just aren't thriving. And that was until we discovered Coast of Maine. Their products infused my soil with the healthy microbes and nutrients it was craving, resulting in vibrant outdoor plants that practically thanked me for the upgrade. Omri listed and crafted from natural ingredients like lobster shells and fish bones, their products not only nourish your plants, but also your peace of mind. Are you ready to take your garden to the next level? Coast of Maine believes in nurturing relationships with local retailers. That's why their products are carried by local retail partners who provide advice and insight, not just found in big box stores. And Coast of Maine knows from beginning to expert, anyone who takes a hand to the land has something to offer the growing community of gardeners everywhere. Their products make organic gardening simple and approachable for everyone. Let's get get growing together. together. Visit coastofmaine.com today. That's coastofmaine with an E dot com. (laughs) But I think that's the thing. I think initially whenever, you know, we get plants, you get so just fixated around, you know, I can't have pests. And then you freak out when you have them. And then you overwork yourself trying to prevent them. And I mean, I was 
you know, spraying my plants two, three times a week. And that was my personal plants, my shop plants. And literally, I would get to the point my hands would cramp from like spraying the oh, plants. Yeah. And yeah. it just kind of starts becoming really a lot of work. A lot. And then it starts to feel like a job rather than, you know, being more joyful. <laughs> and when I, you know, I had known about predatory bugs, but I never thought that was something I was going to do because I don't like bugs. <laughs> yeah, me either. <laughs> but- she literally wears like <laughs> gloves. In order to, <laughs> to like, not touch her. <laughs> yeah, when she's dealing with the predatory bugs, and I'm like, Lydia, there's one on your arm, and she freaks out. It's really funny. <laughs> but now I use it, and literally it's so hands off, and you have to give them some time to eat the, you know, bugs and whatever may be going on. But mm-hmm. it's such a hands off approach, and you know that there's good things happening, and I 100% recommend, especially if you have a larger collection, and especially if you have an enclosed space, then go yeah. for it. I would suggest, though, if you have an active infestation of, let's say, flat mites, you should knock them down before you start using predatory mites. Because yes. I just don't think that there is a situation where predatory mites would take care of an entire active infestation. Yeah, and I think... It's more along the lines of, like, passive integrated pest management where, like, mm-hmm. you're, it's a preventative and not really a salute. I don't know. Yeah, Would no, you agree? I like you need to agree. knock them down first. Yeah, because I'm using it as a preventative. Mm-hmm. And so mine is a little bit more lax. I, you know, have a subscription. One month I have lace wings come in. One month I have predatory mites come in. So every other month I have something just as a prevention. But really, if you have an active infestation, you should spray your plants down like a week before you're going to order your bugs. Try to, you know, eradicate as much as possible and then get rid of the residue that's on your plant and then order your predatory bugs and, you know, use them. But order them more frequently, like every two weeks. And And don't forget them in the mailbox. (laughs) Or in the <laughs> yeah and then just be mindful of the life cycle of the pest that you're dealing with just do a quick google search and just make sure that you're ordering a little bit past that life cycle so you're catching all stages and then from there keep up on the prevention and then your plants will stay happy you know you know what i did try this year <laughs> what ladybugs oh see i can't oh, do those no. in my house i think they're too well, big for a lot of people but Okay, ask Jesse what happened with wild. ladybugs, though. I think we this could be a whole episode of like predatory, so we need to. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, that. yeah. We will. We will go more deep into it. Okay, but <laughs> but Jesse released ladybugs in her cabinet. Yeah, and they ate the bugs for a bit, but then they all like made a mad dash for the door. Mm-hmm. And nature finds a way out. <laughs> yeah, they were flying all over my house, and, and I was just like finding ladybugs everywhere. Oh, no. I thought because they were in the cabinet, which is like sealed and everything, they would like stay in there and I was scoochy, but no. No. I they... came over the next day and literally they were lined on her patio door trying to make it outside. And I was like, Jesse, I thought you let these go inside the cabinet. And she was like, I did. <laughs> <laughs> but they did find their way to the other shelves, which is nice for me. And they yeah. didn't really go like into like the bedroom or the kitchen, but they were out here in the dining area for a bit. And I was finding them like on the table and I was like, um, anyone in this house, if you find ladybugs, it's Lydia's it's, fault. It's completely normal. We live with ladybugs um, now for a while, but they, they either found their way out or 
Yeah. Yeah. See, my cats completely like leave everything alone regarding the plants. Mm-hmm. Like not even an issue ever. But if I had ladybugs, ladybugs flying around, like game over. Yeah. <laughs> everything would get nice. Anything excited. in my way, I don't give a curb about because I'm going after that bug. Like I've yeah. seen them do it before with other bugs. So oh I don't think gosh. I could ever do that. And I think the thing with, you know, bugs that we found is like cross-contamination. And that can be with anything, you know. And so I think one of the things that I've really focused on doing is any substrate that I use, any pots that I use, any of my scissors or anything like that. I always wash them down. I sanitize them. I spray them down before I reuse them again because you don't want to have fought off something for it to be contaminated in something else. And then you just bring it back you know, right back to that environment. And then also quarantining new plants, no matter where you get them from. I don't care if your mom gave it to you. Quarantine it, quarantine it. Because I used to be the type to be like, this is ready to go right next to my most precious plant. And I learned quickly that that's a fast way to lose a whole collection. Yeah, I mean, because flat mites are invisible. Yeah. Like and so I microscope everything that comes into my house mm. now. Yeah. Even if it's from you, I still I love you and I know that you do the same thing and, and your plants are do. all clean. But yeah. like yeah. every plant that I take in, I'm like, well, this gets the microscope treatment. Because yeah. there's no such thing as like a perfect measure. I mean, it's still nature. We're all still human. There's not gonna be such thing as there's no pest at all, hundred percent. Like plants aren't sterile, yeah. you know? So it's just, I mean, you just have to be careful. But I remember when I was first into plants, I had read something and they said, you know, quarantine your plants for a week. And that's what I used to do. But now that I am a little bit more familiar with how like pests work and things like that, it really is like you should quarantine them for the whole life cycle of any kind of pest. Yeah. So at least two to three months. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So speaking of, you know, sanitizing and cleaning pots, what do you guys do for, you know, your Hoya once they get too big? Or like at what point do you take them out of whatever they're growing in and put them into something bigger? Because I feel like right now a lot with what's going on in the Hoya community and how I sell my plants too is just in the little shot glass cups, Mm -hmm. you know, the plastic ones. And they're, yeah, they're just tiny and that's where they start. And I don't keep mine in there forever. What Mm -hmm. do you guys do? I wait as long as possible (laughs) till like it's mostly root and less um, substrate. (laughs) But when we get there, I like to use those, um, the pot that has a little filter in it that you Mm -hmm. gave me for Christmas, Adam. Yeah. I like to use those and I just upgrade them to the four inch pot um, with pond. Um, and then after that one, um, I really will go to just like a no cash po, just substrate and plant oh. if it gets bigger than that. See, I can't do the no cash po. I have to have, I have to have a cash po with like a net pot. Yeah, no. Mm. That's how I am. That's one of the things that drew me to pond was because with LECA, you always have to have like nutrient solution. I mean, once it dries out, like you just have to fill it up and make sure it's back up to like that level. But a lot of my pond I use like soil. I don't have a cash po for a lot of my plants and ponds. So I water it like soil and then I'm yeah. done. Oh, yeah. Well, do, you, do you want to compare plants? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Love it. Love it. Well, last time I was at your house, you were like rinsing your substrate. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's cool that you do that. And you were like, uh, <laughs> it's called 
flushing your plants. <laughs> it's called flushing. And I was like, oh, that's the, I love that for you. Yeah. <laughs> and I recent and I since have, I came home and you I flush. did that. Yeah. Yeah, there's lots of stuff in there. Yeah, you got to get that minerals and all that, that <laughs> those, you know, rot, roots that rotted. I, it, you have rot that happens in passive hydro, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I keep everything in a net pot or some sort of like net pot, um, orchid pots. The That's why I really love your mix of pond, Lydia, because it's it's bigger so it doesn't fall out of the net pots. But like mm. Lechuza does. Like every yeah. time... And like there's a good chunk that falls out, which, you know, is fine. We deal with it. But I tend to like not pop my Hoya very often. I mean, I have a lot of them in those like uh, plastic self-watering pots that I've used, like the small ones that I also get gave to you two for Christmas. Yeah. Because I really love them. Like it's like Same. That's, <laughs> I always want to gift people things that I love. Mm-hmm. And you have those linked on your personal IG, right? Yeah, or my Amazon, but we could create a shot. We could create like a little list. Yeah, yeah we can. can yeah, we can make a little post for DIY pond and things like that if anybody's interested. Yeah, I actually Just sent your recipe you to a new friend recently. Oh, yeah. cute! I love that. Um, but I tend to not up pot because I know Hoya usually like to be you know root bound. Mm-hmm. I don't think that it's a necessity for your Hoya to bloom or grow by being root bound, but um. The only time I usually up pot is if like the roots are just getting really, really wild. Yeah. But also maybe an unpopular opinion, but I like, I cut my roots too. Dang. So if there's a bunch coming out of the net pot. Yeah. And I'll just take the scissors and cut them all off and just like put it back in. Must be nice. (laughs) (laughs) I was, I was making scissor signs earlier because I think you don't up pot your plants. You just cut them and chop them, chop them and you're like. Bye. <laughs> and I think that's the crazy thing because when you come from an aeroid mentality, like aeroids, once they get root bound, they stop growing very mm-hmm. well and they start declining. But Hoya are definitely not like that. So I'm the same. Like I don't a pot a lot. I'll start off in that little shot glass, like three ounce, and then let the roots really start coming out into the cash po because a lot of times those smaller ones I will have a little cash po and then I'll move it maybe into a two inch and then from there I'll move it into the four inch and then usually I kind of stop there for a good amount of time yeah that's kind of where I stop too and most of my pots I get from Ikea mm-hmm. and, it, and it's because like I I it's they have nice pots but also like I took all my net pots, all the different sizes of net pots to Ikea and I was like, what fits? You Ooh, know, I nice. could like match it in. And Ikea is a magical place, everybody. <laughs> so, you know, Adam and I love Ikea. Jesse nope, has nope. different different opinions. Cannot pay me to go there. <laughs> Especially not with Lydia. <laughs> she wants to live there and I'm like, are we done? I need oh. to go now. I feel trapped. Lydia, I think we need to go on an Ikea date. Ooh, well, let's do it. I need some of those meatballs in my life. <gasps> Okay, I'll meet you guys at the food court. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like IKEA is where I got I get most of my cash pose. Um and your grow lights you got also from IKEA. I like did get initially, some. initially. Initially, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of Lekka at IKEA too. And I do oh, get my yeah. I do get the, my Udla. <laughs> Say <laughs> that again. <laughs> Udla. <laughs> I do get Udla there because and I actually have quite a few bags because I really like the round. I love the round Lekka, the perfect spherical Lekka. You like oh, the you don't like them the popcorn if they're imperfect. Lekka just looks like turds, and I don't <laughs> like them. 
Because there's, you like the round balls? Yeah, I like them round. I like uniformity. I don't like the... <laughs> Only perfection is acceptable in your yeah. home. <laughs> so every time I go to Ikea, even though I don't need it, I throw in a bag of Oodla. So I have yeah. like a, I have a store of it. But, you know, I'm slowly getting through it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I love that. But yeah, I remember when... Because... You were one of the first people I feel like that I knew were using grow lights. And at that time, you were using the grow light bulbs. Mm -hmm. And then I decided, hmm, I'm going to get some grow lights because I was trying to shove all of my plants into like the few corners of windows that I had. And it was just getting claustrophobic. And I kind of wanted some plants in different spots and I couldn't. So then I ended up using grow lights. And y'all, total game changer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We all have grow lights now, right? Yeah. yeah. I bought the ones that Lydia uses who got the idea from you. <laughs> so, yeah. Which those are the like the common, like the popular ones that are used in a lot of Hoya groups are the Brina T5s and the Brina T7s, T9s. Sure. <laughs> and then Lydia actually gave me a really big um, tent light for Christmas. Yeah. And I love that because I have a closet with plants in them. And I just put that big old light there and it super stresses everything under there. Yeah. And the popular ones in the Hoya groups are the Barina T5s and the T8s. Yeah. With T5 being a bit lower on strength and T8s being stronger. Yeah. I don't know the name of the one you gave me. <laughs> I just <laughs> but, know it's big. <laughs> yeah. And I know grow tent growing is a big thing for a lot of people. And I do a lot of grow tent growing too. And there's just those big... Um, the flat yeah the huge full spectrum ones from um, like Vipara Spectra is a big one um, and then the people who make the tents as well Vivo Sun or something yeah Vivo Sun is a big one and I think Gorilla Tent is another one so there's a lot of ones out there so I I mean most of my Hoya all grow under grow lights now Really? Mm-hmm. And then I just have a few in ambient air that are on the shelf by the window, but they just seem to do so much better under grow lights. Yeah. I mean, I have... I think it, most of mine grow under grow lights, too. Supplemental. But what what's the brand that I have? It's not the Barina. It's like the Minios. Oh, yeah. Minones. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. That's, I mean, it's on my Amazon, but... They are akin to the Barina or or what have you. I think they're T5, uh, but they're like two foot. They work perfectly on the Ikea shelves that everyone has. Mm-hmm. That you plants. gifted me last year that I love. <laughs> yeah. um, and so for the shelves that have those on there, did you? is it a different name? Oh. Lydia's fact checking me live. It is Monios. L. Monios. And I love, I honestly love those grow lights. And if anything happened to them, I would just rebuy them. I mean, I've had them for two years now. They are on 16 hours a day, mm-hmm. every day, all day, and they're still going strong. Um, so the shelves that I have those on, again, 16 hours a day, they're kind of near a window, but not. Then I have a bunch of Hoya near my east window, mm-hmm. which they love the east window. And I have a big east window. Um yeah, and then that's I, a beautiful window. And then you can look at all of your plants when you're swimming in the swimming pool and, and the then, elliptica is just sitting there all majestic. My well, that's elliptica. the north. That's my north window. <laughs> oh. And so in my bedroom, I don't really have grow lights in there. I do have a couple of the IKEA bulbs because the IKEA bulb grow light bulbs were mm-hmm. small. 
like Ikea lamps. They're like a small bulb. Yeah. So then I have Ikea clip-on lamps that are in my bedroom for that one shelf that comes on early in the morning, like 6 o'clock in the morning and shuts off at 8 o'clock in the morning and then Mm -hmm. comes on at 8 o'clock at night and shuts off at 10 o'clock at night. But the rest of the time, they're just getting that light from those windows. Wow. And that's the north window, so... And mine's very similar. Mine are also on for 16 hours a day. My regular lights that are in my home come on during the daytime, normal hours. And then the rest of my plants growing in tents, they come on at night so I can conserve energy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. um, Mine are actually only on for 12 hours. um, And they are on overnight, 9 to 9, 9 p.m. to 9 a.m. Except for the cabinet. I have that one on during the day. Yeah. Which I just like looking at it. Well, because then they're they're all in your office. So like yeah. that would be a lot to handle. Because even though it's white light, like those uh, monios. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, you, you don't know me. I love like the brighter, the better. I love it. But um, staring at that energy, while you work, though. It doesn't bother me at all. Oh, really? No. I'm blind. That's why. Yep. <laughs> I have very bad eyesight. <laughs> I'm like, the more, the better. Oh. Hence why I don't drive after like 6.30 p.m. Oh, you no. don't want to be in the car with me. Where's <laughs> oh. those lines? Uh, also, I feel like we've been in the car with you that late at night before when you were driving. So, ooh, it's a miracle we're even here today. Yes. <laughs> Praise the Lord. PTL. Um, but it's just, you know, a whole journey, you know, just getting to learn what works for you, what's your environment. And speaking of environment, I know that Adam, I mean, all of your Hoya are in ambient humidity. Yeah. Like it's, sorry, folks. <laughs> My partner, Steve is on the couch and I just see a leg. <laughs> I don't know what he was doing, but his leg was just flying up. Just having a Yoga. great time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, everything is in ambient humidity because I'm lazy and I just did not, I did not want to deal with cabinets. I did not want to deal with humidifiers. Like I didn't want to deal with any of it. And not no shade to anyone who does that. I just like that just wasn't for me. More so. power to you. Like Lydia, I think she has like three or four cabinets in her house. And I'm like, I have one cabinet. Guess who lined it? Guess who put the fan in there yeah she said also she said, yeah. let's <laughs> let's not forget when jesse got her first cabinet it was monsoon season in arizona <laughs> and monsoon season is like this time of the year june july and it's hot here people it is like 115 degrees so 115 degrees <laughs> and there was a haboob it was raining it was humid and i'm literally just starting to line the cabinet and her electricity goes out. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I'm sweating bullets and Jesse and her little sister are both holding their phones up, shining the light down on me so I could finish this cabinet. I mean, there was some love put into this. There's a, a lot friend. of love. You're yeah. Yeah. So that's the only reason I have my one cabinet where I keep my like thinner leaf hoyas and some of the aeroids that are that I yeah. still have. Um, but Lydia did all of that. <laughs> <laughs> she's a good friend folks yeah but i mean i like the cabinet idea and i think i would put one in my house especially in like a an area i think eventually i will in an area that doesn't get a lot of natural light but i want to see plants like probably in the office mm-hmm. where i work every day but the office is just full of junk that i need to go <laughs> through and organize before i could 
put a cabinet in there, but it would be nice to work around plants, you know? Yeah. yeah. And it's funny because most of my plants grow either in a cabinet or a tent. I only have, I have one shelf of my personal plants that aren't on, in a cabinet and then one shelf of shop plants that aren't in a tent. And everything else is growing in at least 50%, mostly 80, 90% humidity. Dang. And wow. that's how my plants are doing it. Remember when we were at her house and we <laughs> felt that humidity? Yes. We were like, oof. Oh, plants must love this. cooler. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Gotta love keep that. them happy. <laughs> I mean, I will say though, like there are different, Hoya, there's so many different species of Hoya mm-hmm. and so many different environments that they would, you know, thrive in. And all of the Hoya that I seem geared to, i.e. not the thin-leafed Hoya, although I do have a few. Like I have my variegated multiflora. Yeah. That's a thin leaf. And yeah. I also have the... Kumun, the Kumingiana. Kumingiana species Bruno Percorejo. Yeah, that you gave me. That's yeah. the thin-leafed Hoya. But for the most part, my Hoya that I have are the thick-leafed uh, Hoya that really can go through periods of drought like they're you know their genetics are set up to to survive through a drought you know yeah because that's where the the succulent type leaves come in and it's so that they can retain water and go through periods of drought and that's the thing i mean a lot of these hoya are found in tropical rainforests but they i mean they're they can acclimate so easily that's the thing that I think also is like a huge attraction for Hoya is just they can acclimate and they can get used to the ambient humidity and be perfectly fine. Yeah. And ambient humidity in my house, like I think in the winter might be like 30%. Yes. Because it's higher here in the winter, which is opposite from most people in the United States, like the Midwest. Because mm-hmm. the winter's dry for them because their heating is on. Not for us. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the summer, it can get between like 10% to 20%. Wow, that's a lot. And actually in the winter, maybe it goes up to 40 or 50. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they all seem fine. But I, like I said, we've talked about, I have all my Hoya and Hydro. So I wonder if it's almost like I have each plant has its own little pebble tray. Maybe. Yeah, yeah you know? it could be. So it's like giving a little burst of humidity, but um, they all are happy. And so they all adjust. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, ultimately it's something that, you've made work for you. You know, I feel like if I tried doing that with a lot of Moyoya, it just wouldn't work out. And that's just because that's, you know, I'm a chronic underwater and I don't yeah. keep a cash po, you know, for a lot of my plants. And so I think, you know, my plants would struggle a little bit more, but you know, it works. Yeah. And yours are fine. Yeah. Mine are in most like 80% are in ambient. Yeah. Humidity. I have one south-facing window, um, but I have most of my aeroids in front of it. So the Hoyas are all under grow lights, um, watered rarely. (laughs) (laughs) But they're doing just fine. Like, I have new leaves. I have one or two peduncles a year. (laughs) I've never had a bloom. Uh But you know what? I'm a big fan of each and every leaf on my Hoya and, like, Ooh, girl, you got one splash. Ooh, girl, (laughs) you got one vein. (laughs) And I feel like at the end of the day, like, if you're enjoying your plants and they're bringing you joy and your care is working and your plants are still growing, then you know what? If it works for you, then I feel like the, the thing about plants is when I first started, I was looking for 
that specific thing that everybody must be doing and I need to do the exact same thing and then stressing over that. Yeah. But I really come to a point of, you know, like I'm okay watering some of my plants every other day. And that's what I have to do, you know, and it makes me happy. And the care that I'm doing for my plants gives me joy mm -hmm. and it works for me. And I think it's just finding that balance. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Do you want to, Jesse, do you want to talk about how, like what your water routine is? <laughs> yeah. Um, I have my Hoya mostly, like I said, in the office so that I see them every day when I'm working. Um, and usually as soon as I'm off the clock, five o'clock, I, you know, fill up my little gallon of sink water, <laughs> add my little nutrients. Oh, my heart. Add my pure crop. <laughs> And now I've started a pH balancing. Did you? I did. I did. It's big moment. Can we do the clapping? Yeah. Oh, hold on. Yeah. For pH balancing. You know, I started seeing so much growth after pH balancing. It makes it worth it now. But yeah, it's kind of it's how I let go of the work day. Um, I think I've mentioned before I work in very traumatic um, area. And so it's how I let go. It's like I'm getting ready. I'll put whatever book I'm listening to on. And I usually just do one shelf a day. So I do water three days out of the whole week. And then by the time the next week comes around, you know, start over. Mm -hmm. And I just water what needs water, clean off the leaves usually, um, try and pick out whatever dead leaves are there, and then put anything that's dead into the plant graveyard which i've mentioned before <laughs> yes. yeah i literally just Under put it on the ground shelf. and stick it in the shelf but also i think it, it bears repeating that you don't pick off leaves no. because that hurts your heart no like, i pick out anything that's already they literally and have to like shrivel crisp up up and the plant has to eject them itself yeah because in nature leaves fall off on their own yeah, i know and I'm bringing nature into my home, so I'm going to let them do their thing. <laughs> and then if Hurricane Adam or Lydia happen to come by, <laughs> they'll be like, this is dead, this is dead, pick, pick, pick. And I'm like, mm, don't touch it. Don't, don't do that. That's my plant. <laughs> she says it with a smile, but yeah. I wish you could see her smile because it's, like it's like a cringing, like, get the hell out yeah. of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I love you guys, so you're still alive. Anyway, yeah, so, I mean, that's really my routine. I, I'll sit there for maybe an hour, hour and a half, and I also clean the shelf off because remember when you gave them to me and you were like, do you want black or do you want white? And I was like, I want black. And you were like, that's going to be real dusty. And I was like, no, it won't. <laughs> it gets real dusty. <laughs> yeah, it does. I know. <laughs> so I also wipe the shelves down. <laughs> and I that and then I usually start taking pictures for the Insta. Yeah. So usually you know I'm watering if I'm posting. Oh, look at this new leaf. Look yeah. at this growth. Girl look at saying this. if I'm posting on stories, you know that I'm doing plant care because half the time I'm just like Ugh, like 11 p.m. Jesse, what's the name of this one? What about this one? Yeah. Whoops, I've lost the label. What about this one? What about this one? <laughs> Hurry, I need to post it on my story. And I'll be like, I promise, I promise, this is the last time I'm gonna ask you. Lies, 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 lies. <laughs> and let's just you know put out there, I've bought jesse a label maker for christmas <laughs> i love those passive presents like hey here yeah. here girl make your own damn label and i got a whole pack of the label tape all in different colors like the whole rainbow because so she that, knows i like colors yeah. yeah so she would use it and label her plants i do use it 
But sometimes a plant goes into the plant graveyard and takes the label with it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I can't go in there unless it's clean out day. So, <laughs> and clean out day isn't until I need more pots for my new pl- new yeah. ones. So, yeah, but that that's about it for me. I love it. It just, I love sitting there, taking pictures of them, talking to them, telling them, I'm so proud of you. You lived another week. <laughs> You've made it through my views. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. But it, it's just like so fun for me. Yeah. I think my watering is a lot like yours. I am not on a schedule at all. Mine is literally like if you look wrinkled and thirsty, <laughs> I'm taking care of you. Like the the greasy, the squeaky wheel gets the grease kind yeah. of thing. <laughs> I mean, I have tried to be better at it, like of, of recognizing like each week to go through this shelf and then the next day go through this shelf. But I'm not always great at it. So it usually is if I see some like flimsy floppy leaves. Yeah. Um, but all of my Hoya are in a cash post situation with a wicking cord. So mm-hmm. I that is something that I've changed since the beginning of doing hydro is I used to keep the bottom third of the substrate in the solution. And I just realized I was having a lot of rot issues and things weren't growing really well. And I just yeah. didn't like how it was staying saturated. So I started using wicking cords and deeper cash pose. And they had, that has like honestly been a lifesaver for me. I'm going to need you to show me that. Yeah. Just so I can maybe. I mean, I know those small pots that I bought aren't really like, they're not a wicking cord kind of pot, but usually those I'm kind of, those are like my interim pots before Mm -hmm. it's like in its final destination. You know, we root them in those tiny little three ounce. Then I put them in those, Four inch. Those four inch. And then I would probably put them in a more permanent situation after that. But yeah. Oh, yeah. Cause you're all about aesthetic. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm really not. No, but, but when you post something, everybody's always like, I love that Hoya with the pot combination. <laughs> Cause you do have a really yeah, good, have a good eye good for eye. pots. Do like, I? Yeah, you do. Oh. Remember that elliptica that you gave me back? And Lydia, like, strongly hinted she wants that pot oh yeah and i still do and jesse says no the atom magic only continues if the entire setup is still there (laughs) and i'm like girl the magic ain't gonna continue if you don't water and it dies (laughs) no girl that elliptica (laughs) has now reached the shelf above it and it has like four new wow just kidding (laughs) but yeah your pot choices are like great oh that's sweet yeah. So yeah, I do. I do wicking cords now to soak up that, um, and then the cash pill eventually goes dry. But I think that letting all of my hoya dry out is probably what they is more mimicking their natural environment. Yeah. Than just yeah, letting them was, always have water. That's yeah. what I was reading about how they are drought drought tolerant because even though a lot of them are found in places where it rains a lot, sometimes it's like longer periods of time without the rain and they've learned how to kind of hold in that water yeah retain the water and i'm terrible because i have a tendency to want to overlove my plants so (laughs) i'm a chronic underwater but because i'm a chronic underwater i feel like i have to like stay on a very tight routine or something bad's gonna happen so (laughs) literally it's it's like the same as get up and go to church on sunday same mentality my plants my personal plants i water them every single week on the same day 
And then the shop plants during the summer, because it's hot, I have to water them every other day. During the winter, I do every three to four days. But this is like clockwork at my house. Yeah. <laughs> every really other is. day? Yeah, every other day. And you know what saved my life? Because I was using um, like these squeeze bottles and it got to the point there's just so many plants my hands started cramping mm -hmm. hand cramping is like an ongoing theme in my life <laughs> you're gonna give yourself <laughs> purple yeah. i know but i bought one of those you know how they have those sprayer bottles that are like pressurized mm -hmm. and you get rid like of garden weeds sprayer and stuff. Mm -hmm. yes. yeah adam recommended those to us i bought one of those my life has forever been changed yeah that's what i used for my sulfur treatment because i was getting the hand cramp thing too <laughs> forever changed it's amazing so I use it to water my plants and do like a quick foliar application and it makes things way faster and my plants love it. So nice. so the plants that are in your home on your shelf, like do you just spray foliar spray all over there or oh, do you move those somewhere? No, those ones I still use my little... Um, Hand squeeze? Yeah, my little... I have this little bottle that you squeeze to let the water out. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I, I still use that for all of my personal but, plants. Okay. But yeah, for the shop, I you know, gear up and I pump the pump and I go <laughs> spray it all up and we're good. <laughs> I will say though, every time I water, and it, it is every time I water, unless I'm like going through like, a, I have to get these plants watered because I'm going on a trip or something. Mm -hmm. I take everything to the sink and I flush the the leca or the substrate. Not, not a lot. Like I just enough to let water run through a couple times, make mm -hmm. sure that the salts built up kind of get out of there. And then I add the nutrient solution and put it back. And I have actually started to give it a nice hard spray with the sprayer if it, if it can do that in the sink. And if it can't, I'll take it to the bathtub and do it. Mm -hmm. Because I also heard that that's pretty good at maintaining your flat mites. Mm. If you have any, like maintaining, keeping them low. Yeah. You know. And I don't do it for every time I change or I like do my watering just because I water so much more frequently, but I do every month to every two months, depending on if I have the time for it. But for like the shop plants, it's just not possible. So yeah. with that sprayer, I just go through, I put in plain filtered water, you know, cause I, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit cheaper than Adam and I don't get the delivery service. <laughs> I take the five gallon jugs and I fill up five of them and I haul them into my house. Oh no, I could yeah. not do that. I, it's hard for me to lift those from the front door to like where I store them. I am the size of that gallon. <laughs> Like wide and tall. I can't do that. But the amount of water I use, I have five of those. So that's 25 gallons. And I go through that within about a week and a half in the summertime, two and a half weeks during the wintertime. So it's a lot. I know. Yeah. It's crazy. But I just fill it up with some drinking water, you know, filtered good old water. And then I make sure it flushes through, you know, the plant's. And then that's kind of what I do, but I do not flush with purified water. That's dedication. Oh. I flush with the sink water. Yeah. Oh, I only do it for the shop ones, but my personal ones I do take to the sink, and then mm -hmm. I'll just do it with the with the tap water. But if I ever flush anything, I accidentally forget it in water, <laughs> <laughs> like overnight, and then I'm like, oh man. Wait, well, how are you flushing? Like sometimes the the bigger the bigger baskets of hoya that i have mm -hmm. i'll bring them to the sink and i'll i will spray the whole leaves down and everything mm -hmm. um and then i'll just let it i'll be like oh you can sit in water while i like, do it do this other thing then i'll forget oh. and then i'll come back in the morning i'll be like you are soaking wet 
Oops. Oh yeah. my gosh. Remember, remember there was that time period where people would shove tampons into their plants to suck up the water? Oh, if they You've never seen that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think I have seen that. <laughs> I've seen so many. They're like, oh my gosh, I overwatered it. What do I do? And you just see like 10 tampons <laughs> shoved in there and they're all expanded and like <laughs> coming out of the pot already and it's still overwatered. <laughs> Oh, Man, you know what? I love those days. Yeah, those are good days. <laughs> I might need to do that one day. Oh, Lydia, bring me some tampons. <laughs> Why? I overwatered again. <laughs> Nothing personal. It's the plants. But I love like how our care is so different. And I can only imagine like everybody else's care is probably just as, you know, yeah. diverse and different from what we do. So like if there's something that you guys do that really works for you and you want to share with everybody else, leave a comment and let us know what it is that you do. And I'm always interested to know like what are other people doing and maybe even, you know, buying more nutrients and just adding more to the shelf of stuff that I have. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't think we need to yeah. encourage you to buy more nutrients. <laughs> or chemicals or nutrients. Because <laughs> I want to try everything. But yeah, let us know and share with us because I think it's all about just growing together and sharing information and just trying to learn more, you know, and that's what I find joy in. So yeah, I know this was um, a long one and... <laughs> We love that you guys hung around and listened to us and we're just kind of part of our care chat. And I mean, honestly, we could probably keep on going for a long time. Yeah, I feel like we're going to have to break some of these down yeah. into yeah. like whole episodes themselves. Yeah. But I also only got two hours of sleep last night and I'm reaching a point of... Um, she looks tired. <laughs> I already spit up my tea. It came up through my nose halfway through the podcast. Giggled. And- <laughs> 40% of the time, I would actually appreciate lazy care tips. If you figured out a way to do something the lazy yes. way, comment, Work let us smarter, know. not harder. Yes, yes. But if you're working harder, you can still share too yeah. because I appreciate your hard work. Leah appreciates dedication. Yeah, she does. Jesse and I, we're, we're the lazy ones. Yeah. Uh, and where you can share that is on our Instagram. Yes. Over on Instagram. <laughs> Really? <laughs> yeah. I know. Weird, right? Weird. Uh-huh. Wow. It's Wild. Let's dot talk Hoya. That's where you can find us. And also you can find us individually. I'm at not dude. I'm at the green plant dot AZ. And I'm at Perritos E Plant. And until we chat again next time. And you know, if there's something that you want us to talk about, let us know too. Yeah, we we love suggestions. Yeah, but yep. until next time. Adios. Annyeong. Bye. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.